News Gazette media sports writers, and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk. We are with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Phone line open, 356-9397. Matt Daniels is here, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Scott Ritchie with us as well. And the birthday boy, Bob Osmussen in the house. Happy birthday, Bob. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. 21. 21 plus 38. Okay. 30, almost 30 years younger than Lauren. So you got that I, going That's how I keep track. <laughs> okay. He's, as, uh, as Jim Rosso likes to point out in the newsroom to me and Scott, he's, you might be old enough to be our dads, Bob. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You would not have liked me as a dad. No, I'd be actually probably would have. <laughs> we would have gotten away with whatever we wanted. Pretty much, that's <laughs> pretty, that's very true. Major League <laughs> Baseball playoffs get underway tomorrow. Everybody in this studio has a favorite team in the uh, playoffs with uh, three Cardinal fans, a Braves fan. There's other there's Cub fans in the building, and our first guest, Tim Knox, has his favorite team in the baseball playoffs as well. Tim, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Tim Knox is the director of football operations for the University of Illinois, and you've been a busy guy. You're always one of the busiest guys I've seen around, but uh, get us up to date on how the last few months have gone for you as far as your planning purposes. I'm I'm guessing you've you've had several different uh, plans in probably several different locations uh, around your office, and uh, many have gotten wadded up and thrown into the wastebasket, and others move forward, but uh, this has been an unusual time, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, we've had three different schedules in the span of, you know, you might want to call it a month and a half or so, and so you're just, you're, you're constantly planning to, to plan and waiting for somebody to to kind of give you that green light and, and let you let you really go and then every time it seemed like we got to that point um things changed and you know we went a different direction but i think obviously now we we have what is uh what is ahead of us and um you know i don't i don't see us stopping so i think we're all ready ready to barrel through this uh this eight game schedule tim first off how do you think cleveland's going to do against the yankees and second how much does it help you that with the road games that you guys have been coming up this season, you've already been to all these places and you know the layout uh, of the communities and, and what it all involves? Uh, two, two good questions. One, Thanks, uh, I'll take the, I'll take the Indians over the, the Yankees. I have to, okay. obviously born and bred uh, Indians fan. I mean, we've got Bieber going game one. So that's, that's a lock. So we just got to win one more after that okay uh, we do have one yankees fan in the building and i told him not talking to him until at least friday <laughs> um and as far as you know you're right i mean luckily the the road games that we have this year uh and we had agreed months ago probably sometime in february to to drive to wisconsin to drive to madison and so um you know that that's really no change for us in fact, it's the same date that we would have played them, I think, in the second iteration of our schedule. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, Nebraska and Rutgers, it, it's kind of nice because our two flights are, are back-to-back. Um, you know, and Rutgers really, unless they've changed, you know, they, they're going to go with no fans. And so we don't really have to we don't have to worry about our parents or anything like that getting there or getting in. Um, you know, and then Nebraska is one of those states that, it really hasn't been affected uh, to the extent that uh, some others have, and I'm really going to see the 
right we go we're going from the east coast you know you know kind of like a ground zero to uh middle of nowhere nebraska so we'll, we'll see the you know i talked to the hotel last week in nebraska they're like yeah tim we're still doing buffets and everything like no wow. one else is doing that <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's gonna go from like box lunches and you know grab your stuff and go to your room and, and just get away to you know hey, come on down hang out you know so it's just that juxtaposition so and then we end up in our own state you know going up north so mm-hmm. you know obviously they're going to have the same or very similar you know wherever we're at at that point so you know i assume they'll, they'll be the same in evanston coach knox this is bob uh thanks for your help last week of course what yeah. going forward was going to keep you up at night besides your kids besides my kids well they're they're obviously really good at that. Um, well, first of all, Bob, happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, what will keep me up at night is, is I think, what, every, what everybody is kept up at night about is, is the unknown. You know, we can only control what we can control, right? And as, as you've seen, as the, as the college football season has kind of, uh, you know, ebbed along here, you know, you got teams that have taken care of business and, and maybe they're, you know, they got a clean field and their kids are good and whoever they're playing, right, mm-hmm. is down 30 kids. And guess what? You can't play the game. And so by no fault of your own, right, uh, by by something somebody else did that you had nothing to do with, then you can't play. And I, and I think that's the only – our hesitation, I think, going into the, to this condensed version is there is no room – uh, for for that, right? Like we don't have built-in bye weeks. We don't have, you know, that, you know, kind of that um, that built-in cushion that we had before. Well, and Tim, I was curious if you maybe spoken with any you know, other football operations people you know, that that you know across the country that have maybe already played a game or two, just kind of see how things are going, maybe you know, challenges they've faced and you know, had to contend with here in the first you know, few weeks of the college football season. Yeah, I haven't uh, – we've really kept to ourselves as far as an ops group. Uh, we get together – I'll get the guys together at least once a week. Um, and, and some of the guys have talked to guys in the ACC and SEC, like – uh, like a prime example, you know, we brought up to the Big Ten, should we expand our travel roster? But right now the travel roster is 74. You know, should we, I think the ACC went to 80. Um, the SEC might even be more than that. Point being, you know, we wake up in Madison, Wisconsin on the 24th, do our testing, and three kids pop, right? You know, mm-hmm. now we're 74 to 71, where if you're allowed to take 80, you know, now you're down to 77. Do you see my point? You're trying to, mm-hmm. you, you're almost, you're, you're, it's a war of attrition, right? I mean, it's, it's a terrible way to look at it, but I mean, that's, you know, that's what some of those conferences have done. And I haven't, um, but no, I have not, I was waiting until this weekend now that Vandy, Vandy had to go on the road. And so I'll talk to uh, my buddy Jason Grooms there this week, um, try to get there, you know, try to get pointers you know, from, from what they're experiencing. And to be honest with you guys, I, I, I'd much rather be on the road first just to see how Wisconsin handles things, mm-hmm. you know, from a stadium perspective, from hotel perspective, all those things, right? Like you don't, 
this is probably not the environment where you want to you want to be first. I guess since this current iteration of the Big Ten schedule made it past the six day mark, you're feeling <laughs> more confident that version number three is going to be the the version that that'll stick. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Our our number one question is really that that ninth game, mm-hmm. right? That you know, because I mean, my buddy at Iowa Paul is like every time we get on. He has a billion questions about it, just just from the from the fact of, you know, there's there's pretty good chance that the number four team from the east and the number four team from the west probably might have played each other during the season, right? Mm-hmm. And then like, then what do you do? You know, no one wants to see that. The coaches for sure don't want. You know, you don't want to play the same team twice in a shortened season. So, I think the Big Ten is spending some time working out the logistics of of what that will look like, but. Another couple of minutes with Tim Knox, the Director of Football Operations at uh, the University of Illinois. You mentioned uh, some of your guys that you work with uh, here. How, how big is your staff? How many guys do you, uh, do you mingle with uh, as you put the you know, plan together from day to day? Uh, well, here, Steve, at, at, the, at the university, I'm, a, I'm an army of one. I, only, uh, I work alone. So, uh, <laughs> That's how you like unlike, it, <laughs> it is, well, you know uh, who to blame, right? If something goes wrong, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I've always told people. Everybody in the in the in the conference has at least an assistant. Sometimes they have two, and I'm like, the problem with that to me, the problem is if something goes wrong, uh, that is that is underneath my umbrella. I, you know, if coach comes to me and says, Tim, this is you know shouldn't have done this or this went wrong, like I, I like to look him in the eye and go, yeah, coach, I messed that up, or you know that didn't. I would never want to be well. Coach, that was, that was clear. That was Bob. true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and like, because that's how, that's what happens. I mean, there's like at Minnesota, for example, for years, they have one guy that just does home travel and they have one guy that does the away games. And so it's, it's just a very, it's an odd setup. But um, sometimes I'd love to help bowl games for sure. <laughs> but I mean, here we have a, we have a great, we have a great department as far as, you know, people from DIA, you know, across the street that will chip in and help, you know, so. Tim, what is it like for the players from the, take me through, I guess, what it's been like the last couple of weeks or couple of months in terms of the, once the players, you know, they wake up and, and they come to the Smith Center, what protocols are in place? How much interaction do you and other people on the, the football staff have with them before practice workouts? What, what's that been like for you these past, you know, few weeks, few months at all? I think, Matt, besides the, the temperature check, um, you know, obviously the, the testing that we're doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's what I was telling Bob last week or two weeks ago. Like, once you get past the intake, it it's pretty much the same. Now, is it odd that, like, they'll, they're, in, they're in meetings right now. When they break meetings, if I'm in the hallway, you know, I have a mask on. Mm-hmm. They have a mask on, right? I mean, there are certain things that are constant reminders um, of that, like for for example, right now, we are still splitting the locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, we have half the team in our locker room here in the Smith Center, and half the team is using our old locker room in Memorial Stadium. And so there's there's some some logistical things that just you know we can't we can't be all in the same locker room right now. So mm-hmm. you know our workaround is that. But but if you were to come out to practice right now. 
again, besides, you know, the face shields and the gaiters that the guys wear mm -hmm. around their necks and then pull up, you wouldn't walk away going, hmm, I wonder if there's a pandemic going. You know, like, you <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. you, you wouldn't have that, 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 that feel, mm -hmm. I, I guess, is my, is my point. Now, if you walked into a meeting room and noticed that, you know, it's half the capacity. I mean, the old line, for example, mm -hmm. which is about, uh, let's see, right now we've got about 19 guys in the offensive line. They have to meet in the team room. The auditorium, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that seats 168 people because mm -hmm. we don't have a room yeah. that they can that they can go in. What what if any communications, uh, you know, among your peers in the Big Ten or, or just you mentioned locker rooms? How you have to split the team in half? What's that going to be like on the road? Or have you guys thought that through? Just the logistics of of what that'll be like uh, this season at all? Yeah, what well, we've asked, um, what well, we've asked the like event management folks to do is to is to provide um for lack of a better term like an overflow area mm -hmm. uh that can be used so like for example you guys are probably most familiar with our stadium yeah. like we're not going to put visiting team buses in that garage this year okay we're gonna we're gonna section that off we'll put some chairs in there um you know now the ambulance and the equipment trucks still have to be down there but like the one bay well, essentially, some taping tables. It'll it'll be an overflow of the visiting locker room, if that makes sense. Where, like, we've asked Purdue, mm -hmm. has been there, to like put yeah. up a tent, right? Like, Please. put up a tent just <laughs> just next to it, because theoretically, you cannot socially distance no. in that locker room. You know, so you'd have to go to, and we've talked to like guys have talked about this, like if they're if they're unable or unwilling, which which so far nobody has not raised their hand and been like, Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. we'll do everything we can then you have to go to um which some teams do at Purdue, for example, I don't want to pick on them, but um you'll dress at the you'll dress at the hotel. Mm -hmm. So that or at least the staff will dress at the hotel so that they don't have to go in the locker room. But everybody's um you know, like it, it helps us right, wrong, and different. It helps us that there's going to be no fans or very limited parking, right? Because mm -hmm. on a normal trip, when we take four buses, now we're taking seven. Now, those people have to park those buses somewhere. Same thing here, right? I mean, it's kind of, um, you know, everybody's trying to, to to bend as much as they can to, to accommodate, right? Um, I mean, it'd be nice if we didn't have to deal with all the stuff, but, but that's not where we're at. Tim, do you see a better level? Kind of, you kind of just touched on a better level of cooperation between all the players and, and the coaches. Do you sense like is anybody giving you lip or anything, or they're all everybody's like on board with all this stuff? No, I think everybody's on board, Bob. I don't. I don't it's become unfortunately, it has become so common because, like, think about it, guys. Like, it's not like they're leaving here and they're going to the store, they're going to class, or they're just walking across campus, and other people aren't doing the things that we're asking them to do here, right? I mean, this is, this is everything. And so, you know, yeah, we might I – don't, I don't even think we are. I, you know, we're, we're asking them to be careful and be thoughtful and, you know, about what they're doing, but I don't think we're, we're going above and beyond what, you know, their parents would be telling them, for example, right? I mean, no, so they, I mean, and there is buy there is buy in because they, 
they know if they take care of business, right, they're, they get to play, you know, that was, that was the hardest struggle for us. And that was, that was across the campus or I'm sorry, across the conference, you know, like when we were in that limbo of like, if we're going to play or not, I mean, the guys on my calls were like, we got to do something soon because we'll lose these guys. Hmm. Right. Because there's no, there is no carrot, right? right. There's no gold pot at the end of the rainbow. Tim, I know there's uh, a ways to go still before the, the season opener on October 24th at Wisconsin. And I know you've been around, you're one of the more veteran uh, people on, on the football staff there, but what do you think it's going to be like for you when you see the opening kickoff of the season, knowing everything that has gone on throughout the past six, seven months to get to that point at all? I'm not trying to get you to cry or be sappy or anything on the <laughs> no, radio. No, but too. I mean, it, it, like I'm telling you, man, like it's going to feel, to me, it's probably going to feel like a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Because in a in a condensed version, right? Because with a bowl game, you have to do so much in such a short period of time. And, and it's like, go, 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 go. And then like you finally get to the game, you kick off, and you're like, sweet. <laughs> like, <laughs> When's the plane coming? Can we go home now? (laughs) There's there's just so much that goes into it, right? But this is going to – now, you're going to look around, and and I'm probably going to say to myself, why are we at Wisconsin spring game? Like, it's just (laughs) going to feel – from that side, Mm -hmm. it's just going to feel different, right? Like, TJ does my job there. I'll be able to yell across the field like, TJ, (laughs) what's what's going on? You know, I mean, it's just from that side of it. I think, you know, but right, wrong, and different, still going to be football, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though I think we've all kind of gotten used to, um, it's like the one thing I watch for now is like if you're flipping around for NFL games or if you're flipping around college games, you're like, all right, how many people are there? Mm -hmm. Like that's almost, or is is anybody there? Was anybody at the Atlanta game? No? Oh, they were over there in the corner? You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, because it's just so different. Tim, we appreciate your time. We appreciate the the job you do there, and we're all looking forward to some football coming up in uh, less than four weeks now, but thanks for taking time to be with us. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. You bet. Thanks, Thanks, Tim. Tim Knox, the assistant AD in charge of football operations at the University of Illinois. He was picked nationally, when was it, 2016, as the Ops guy nationwide. Yeah, I mean, he's been there, uh, you know, pretty much for the last eight years or yep. so. On, Ninth on season staff. coming seen, up. Seen a lot of a lot of things happen during his time, a lot of coaching changes. He's been the one constant throughout. You know, one funny story that he told me when I was on the beat was that when Illinois kicks off at 11 a.m., his goal was always to be home uh, mowing the yard by 3 p.m., and more often than not, that was the case because he had everything kind of down to yeah. a T. Uh, one of the most organized individuals I've ever met and kind of the guy that – uh, is is crucial to the the everything that goes on with Illinois football. It's a good sign that he's survived. He's on his third head coach here, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Who started with uh, came here with Beckman, mm-hmm. stayed with the Cubit, yep. and is now with Lovey Smith. That tells you he does a great job. Yeah. No question. I thought it was interesting what he talked about how the relief of getting there, you know, getting the games, getting to the games. Mm-hmm. If I was those guys, I, that's how I would feel yeah. like. Thank God the game's here, because that's going to be like a great relief. 5.30 at WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. We're heading towards 6 o'clock. Plenty of other things to talk about on uh, this week's edition. Stay with us. We'll take our first time out. I'll be back with more in just a moment. The phone line is open, 356-9397.
Visor. Welcome back to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk. Here's truly Steve Kelly with Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, Sports Editor Matt Daniels. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Thanks to Tim Knox for spending some time with us to talk about the football operations. And speaking of college football, Bob, we'll start with you. Some interesting games, certainly over the weekend. And start wow. right, right away with the, the Mississippi State game at LSU winning 44-34 to with K.J. Costello throwing for 623 yards and Mike Leach going in there and in his debut at Mississippi State. Right. It was a fun game to watch. Mike Leach is one of my all-time favorite coaches. I've talked to him once. I called him. He was at Starbucks this years ago, and we talked for like 20 minutes. But the time we get done talking, I'm like, I want him to be coached wherever I'm working because he was awesome. And I obviously a great coach, no question. He's won everywhere. He's kind of won it, worn out his welcome everywhere, too. I don't think that's going to happen here because he just beat LSU. And at, at LSU with the crowd there, and it was just amazing how they looked. And I don't know that they'll work every game, but I moved them to number 11 in the country. They were not on my rankings going this season, but they beat my number two. So that said, they're 11. Bob, then, your, your boy, Bo Pelini, didn't look too happy on Saturday. <laughs> well, they they struggled offensively and de- especially defensively. But offensively, they did not look great either. That team is, you know, they lost the best player. Joe Burrow had the best season in college football history last year. The best ever by any player ever. Okay? So no matter what, the next guy was stuck. He's in trouble. So Miles Brennan, is it, I believe his name, He's a good player. He'll be fine, but he's not Joe Burrow. And he doesn't have all those great receivers, doesn't have the great running game, so it, they're a mess. And Mississippi State took advantage, and that was that was. but believe it or not, that was not, to me, the most surprising game of the day. Wasn't even close. I think Oklahoma, Kansas State. Uh-huh. Oh, Kansas State, which has already lost Arkansas State this year. So not a very good team. You get Oklahoma, and they win the game. They're down, they win the game. Again, amazing. Uh, just credit them and credit Oklahoma's got some trouble because they don't have a superstar quarterback this year again, unfortunately. And staying in the Big 12, Texas and Texas Tech, Ooh. 63-56. Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, basketball games between those two teams that haven't <laughs> oh, those, those point totals at all. But, yeah, that was, uh, you know, I guess you're happy if you're a Texas fan because mm. you won, but also upset at the same time because – they had to Texas Tech basically gave that game away. I mean, they're up fifty six forty one with about four minutes to go, and, right. and Texas came down and scored twice to to force overtime and and still held on. But it, there's still concern, I would say, in in Austin. Um, you know, Tom Herman shook up his staff this off season, and it really kind of looked like the same same Texas team. And uh, it's going to be interesting because with Oklahoma losing, and Urban Meyer said this on on Saturday on Fox that. That would essentially knock the Sooners out of the national title contention, you would think. Oh, definitely. Again, there are teams that have come back and have lost a game and come back to win the national title, no- notably Ohio State, coached by Urban Meyer, but that was in a normal season, so you're not sure how that's going to affect in a, a pandemic-shortened season like we're in right now. But uh, Texas, I guess to me, is the Big 12's best hope at, at this moment, <laughs> you would think. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe State. Maybe yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State really struggled to beat Tulsa. Yeah. Awful and against Tulsa. I mean, with the Big Ten and Pac-12 now playing, and the way the Big 12 has stunk up the joint for three weeks, like they've 
played themselves out of the college right. football playoff I think, right. I as agree. a conference. I think it's over. Probably like, over. And I, I will say this. What I saw the first this weekend, you're going to see more. Okay, there's going to be huge upsets. There are going to be games that make no sense because we take out, in most cases, the crowd factor. So the crowd factor is either gone or limited. So that's a, I think the upsets that you're going to see now are going to be more frequent, and they're going to be you're going to, somebody. I don't think Alabama is going to lose. They're really good. I think Clemson's great. But other than those two, I don't think there's anybody safe. Georgia could lose. Auburn can lose. I mean, literally, Ohio State can lose. Okay, yeah, Georgia or Auburn will lose this Saturday because they're playing they play each, each other. other. There you go. But I mean, they'll lose a game they yeah, shouldn't no, lose. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Georgia almost lost to Arkansas. And what in the wide world of sports has happened to Florida State? That's really speaking of things being over. <laughs> exactly. yeah, that's, over. That's uh, that's <laughs> before it. I mean, they they were started. they were the team for a while there in, in college football really in, in the 1990s. There, I mean, they were. Right up there with the Clemson and Alabama of, of the world today, and program has fallen on some hard times. And then Mike Norvell in his first season hasn't had it easy, and he missed the game on Saturday because he tested positive for COVID nineteen. But uh, Miami looks really good so far this season, and I don't know if the U is back to to what it once was in, in the eighties and nineties. But you'd have to be happy if you're a, a Miami Hurricanes fan, and very concerned if you're a Florida State. Pretty fan. good in Florida. I watched Florida start to stop on. Saturday, they look great. Cal well, Trask is their quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're tight end there, but best tight end in the country. Also named Cal, I can't remember last name. And he, they, were, they went crazy. Cal Trask had six TDs. They look really good. So they're they're going to be a threat. Well, and what's interesting too, and and kind of you know backing up the point that, that Tim Knox made earlier in the show is that it's interesting when you're watching these games to look at what the crowd looks like at all and. Tom Deanhart, who's been on this program before and, uh, you know, a good colleague of, of respected Big Ten colleague, I think put out there on Twitter this weekend that it's very interesting watching college football games being played with fans, yet the Big Ten has decided to not have fans, right. yet they're allowing 40-some thousand students back on campus. So I'll be I think that's a good point. I'll be it? curious to see if, and again, I know the Big Ten uh, administrators, when they came out to announce the schedule, the third version of the schedule that they said there weren't going to be any fans there at all. But as we've seen before in these last two months, the Big Ten can change their mind and, and get away with it. So I'd be curious to see if they would want to, you know, maybe five, ten thousand, whatever the percent capacity is. Just to you see it all across the country in, in other stadiums and other leagues. So why isn't the Big Ten doing it? Well, I, I got two things real quick. One, fans have be- it's become political. The Republican Attorney General in Louisiana blamed the Democratic governor for not allowing you know, a full that's just Tiger you being Stadium. A, that's just you being a sports writer not wanting sports back, Scott. Yeah, I guess. But I, I didn't have anything to do with that, but it's, <laughs> it's creating political fights. And two, um, some breaking news on the show. Illinois wide receiver Edwin Carter has entered the transfer portal. All it right. Just, uh, he just tweeted out a note saying as much. Um, Interesting. We so, had a call on Saturday morning about asking him. about him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he had two great catches. Two touchdowns. And then the second one destroyed Ooh. his knee. Looked like it might have been worse than that even. And uh, two years later, he's on his way out. Interesting stuff. The LSU game, I think they had... 21,000 fans or something. Yeah, there, and they had some cardboard cutouts there, too. Which would have, 21,000 would have been about 20%, I would guess, of capacity mm-hmm. there. I think the Big Ten on this deal, I think what, what they did was they said to the governors and all the states, we're going to cooperate here. 
we're going to, you're going to let us play, which they, you know, they have to make sure they got permission, just like the Pac-12, the same thing. I think, to me, 10,000 people at Memorial Stadium, although it would be great to have them there, probably not worth the trouble, not worth the risk. So, to me, better play, no, no crowd, get, this, get the games in. You'll have crowds next year. You'll have crowds down the road. For one year, we can live with this. Okay, the new AP poll is out today. Oh, my. And you've got four Big Ten teams. Five. You you voted for five? I did. I only saw four. I know one. Why well, I voted for five. Minnesota okay. is not in there. Okay. Did make it crazy. Bob's Bob's, but, Bob's done a three sixty on Minnesota in the I last have. year. But there were ten or eleven voters that did not include any of the Big Ten or Pac twelve teams in their it, vote. That wasn't me. I know that. I know that. Yeah, but there were. I feel this is going to be like baseball writers in the Hall of Fame with steroids. Yeah, I, similar kind of tracks. I, I get the idea of waiting, but once the AP said, "Go ahead and put them in there," I think there's no reason they're going to play. I, I'm pretty sure. I would say 99 percent sure the Big Ten will have a season. Okay, I'm hoping and praying it works out like that, but I really believe strongly that it's going to happen. So why you wouldn't include them because we've been including the SEC for several weeks, even though they weren't playing. So to me, that's hypocritical. So I think you have to include the big... Now, what I didn't do, I really it was torn, honestly, was I didn't include all the teams from the Big Ten and Pac-12 that I included in the preseason. In fact, I only had one Pac-12 team, uh, Oregon. It was the only one I put in there. But there are other th- other ones will get in over time. And Iowa, the, Iowa and the Big Ten will also get in. Ohio State uh, got in at number six. Where did you have three? Them? Did you three? That's where I had them before the sure. season. They have, not much has changed. All they did was get all the guys back. So I think they're good. I honestly think it'll, they'll be in the playoff uh, with with Clemson, with Bama or Georgia, and then with one other team. I'm not sure that fourteen men. Maybe somebody fun like Cincinnati because they looked great against Army the other day. I was. I'm watching so much football, Matt. Thank you for the time off. No, I'm kidding. But I'm, I'm making it my job because there's no Big Ten games to watch. I'm watching all these teams I would never watch normally. Let's go to the phones. Eric is on with us on Monday Night Sports Talk. Go ahead, Eric. Hey, guys. Thanks for the call. Um, you know what looks really good, Bob, is uh, BYU. And they have, like, no game scheduled in the month of November. They, they really are getting a, a runaround because their schedule is all, you know, they're independent. So who are they going to play? There are my rankings. I, I agree with you. They look terrific. They've looked great against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look. Now they played a not very good team on Saturday. I'm trying to remember who it was. Troy. Troy, not very Troy. good. But they're winning against Navy. We all know Navy's good. They didn't beat Navy. They just destroyed Navy, which you probably yeah, that, shouldn't that do. A, not not very patriotic of, the, of them. But uh, I think BYU is good. I have them. I think I have them 19-20, and I'm going to keep them in there. Even though they're not don't have loaded schedule, who knows? They're, they're going to keep finding games. They'll probably play somebody twice, play Navy again or Troy again or whatever. But I'm I'm glad they're playing and playing well. Yeah, I think I heard they want to try to get Boise State on the schedule because they're pretty close. You know, oh yeah, re, uh, make, makes sense. Wise. Sure. Um, and I was going uh, I know somebody mentioned it on the call on the show Saturday. High school football. What what is going on? They, I mean, I don't really care that much, but it's kind of ridiculous. Sounds like the only state in in thousand miles any direction is not playing yeah i mean that that's a, a decision that uh you know governor pritzker has stood by and has repeated his stance on that numerous times here in, in the last few weeks when when he's been asked and you know the ihsa can't really do anything and, until 
the governor's office and the Illinois Department of Public Health clear out, clear, uh, you know, give approval on it. So Illinois is kind of stuck well, in an island right now in, in terms of the Midwest for, uh, you know, for states on our plan. I know in Missouri and in St. Louis County, uh, they're not playing games and, and they're going to have a spring season for several schools out there. But the rest of the state of Missouri is, is playing high school football. And it's really weird and ironic that you could drive. 10 minutes past Danville and Indiana into Indiana and there's high school football going on, but Danville high school can't play football this year. And, uh, it's, and, it's 2020, man. So, so far as I know, Michigan had the same issue and they basically ignored the governor. No, the governor, <laughs> the governor, the governor, uh, came and said that they could play high school football. So then the, the high school association in Michigan then reversed its decision and Minnesota, uh, last week reversed its decision as well. So you have seen States that have, initially said they're not going to play in the fall and then change their mind and do that, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen for Illinois at all. Right. Just playing in, you know, February. Hey, Eric, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Three five six nine three nine seven. Monday Night Sports Talk at 547. Need to take a break. We'll be back with more after this. That was the voice of the Illini. Brian Barnhart talking there. He'll be in this evening. For Fighting Illini Weekly, right here on these airwaves, Brad Underwood, Chin Coleman, Nancy Fay, Doug Altenberger, Mike DeLorenzo, among the uh, scheduled guests on the show tonight. So tune in at 7 o'clock right here and on our sister station, WHMS 97.5. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. We're with you until 6. Scott Ritchie, tell me what you thought of the Bears game. Another win. He lost all his hair after watching <laughs> I noticed that. Are they the most uh, unimpressive 3-0 team <laughs> at this point? <laughs> yeah, because their three opponents are a combined 1-8 and eight on the season. So, uh, And the Bears should have probably lost all three games. Um, however, it did feel nice to finally be vindicated for my long-held stance that Mitch Trubisky was not the answer at quarterback. A stance I held when the Bears drafted him, traded up to draft him instead of Deshaun Watson and hindsight being what it is, uh, an MVP in Patrick Mahomes. So uh, the Nick Foles era has begun, and can't believe I'm excited about that, but I am. And we're gonna we're gonna save this tape for when Foles inevitably gets hurt or struggles so mightily they go back to Trubisky and he leads them. To levels that the only the eighty five bears have reached, Scott. I I feel pretty good about <laughs> this being recorded for posterity. Then Bears take on uh, the Colts coming up on uh, Sunday in Chicago. The Colts are two and one on the season themselves. Okay, baseball playoffs. The White Sox take on Oakland tomorrow at two. The American League games are uh, starting tomorrow. The National League games on Wednesday. The Cubs against the Marlins. The um, Cardinals against San Diego out in San Diego. Four o'clock is that game, and uh, Bob's Braves are playing the Reds. Correct. Not a great draw. Uh, 11, you know? 11, draw. A, 11 a.m. first pitch for the Braves-Reds on Wednesday here Bad in draw. That's a team. Joey Votto, I th- I'm sure his career average against the Braves is like 800. So he never, about, I don't think he's ever been out It's about 600 points better than he's hitting this season. But I don't care. He's, he still kills the Braves. He plays and walks all the time. But I – Danger for the Braves, really, really danger. And the best thing, I love these playoffs because there's anybody, I mean, there's going to be upsets, certainly, right? I don't think the Dodgers lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if the, one of the ones loses and a couple of the twos. So, 
Yeah, there, there's four games, four American League games uh, tomorrow on all day, and then Wednesday is almost like Mar- give it a, kind of a March Madness feel. There's yeah. eight, eight games eight on games. Uh, throughout the day, and uh, obviously the ballparks will still be empty, but the, the Cardinals get to go out to San Diego, and, and the Marlins get to come to Wrigley Field for their first, first postseason series at Wrigley since 2003. Luckily, Cubs fans, there's no fans allowed at the game, so you don't have to have flashbacks <laughs> to what transpired 17 Oops. years ago. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to to see, and, and just in terms of the Cardinals and Cubs, even the White Sox too, they, they all have their flaws. Uh, the White Sox have really struggled here the last week and a half, and, and the Cubs hitting this year is just pretty, pretty abysmal at times, and the Cardinals' search for a consistent offense is still ongoing and, and probably will be for the rest of 2020. But, hey, they've got a shot, and everything that Major League Baseball's had to go through in 2020 from the uncertainty of the season to the infighting between the players and owners and then the outbreaks with the Marlins and Cardinals, and they're both in the playoffs somehow. So, Well, I'll tell you, I would have never predicted four teams from the National League Central no. Division <laughs> Making up half the national playoff field. I would have predicted four. Well, you could only have you could have two teams from each division. I would have predicted four teams from the National League Central not making the playoffs <laughs> right. in, in 2020. But yeah, that's it's pretty remarkable what they did. Moving up on 5:55, one final break. Some final words for you on Monday Night Sports Talk after this. A couple of minutes before six o'clock here on DWS Monday Night Sports Talk with you. NBA Finals are all set as the Miami Heat will take on the Lakers. Kind of interesting, to, kind of a fun story to watch Miami with a couple of local connections there. Who you got, Scott, in the NBA Finals? I think I have to say the Lakers. I feel bad about it. Homer. I don't, I don't know. I don't like the Lakers. I don't know if I like it. There's a big anymore. Illinois lean in that in that series you've got Kendrick Nunn and Myers Leonard two former lineup with the Heat and you've got Andre Iguodala Springfield native with the Heat uh Anthony Davis Taylor Horton Tucker both Chicago public league products Taylor Horton Tucker obviously a close Illinois lean uh during his recruitment so there's a there's a lot of local interest I'd say speaking of leans hmm. where is uh, Jordan Nesbitt these days he is um a highly touted basketball recruit. we got about a minute left. Highly touted basketball recruit. It has his final three down to Illinois, St. Louis, and Memphis, and he's scheduled to announce on Thursday. Yeah, 2 p.m. Thursday, and uh, who knows where he's going <laughs> to land. His recruitment's been interesting. Uh, just in the last several weeks, it's gone from SLU's the favorite to Illinois' the favorite to just kind of in the last 24 hours, Memphis is now kind of sort of seen as a a contending favorite as well. Um, let's go with the Marcus Jackson approach. It's 50-50 whether or not he's going to pick Illinois. <laughs> yes or no? Either he does or he doesn't. Bob, thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Happy birthday, Bob. Thanks. Matt, Scott, we'll talk to you again next week right Thanks, here Steve. on Newstalk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Coming up an hour from now, finding it on I Weekly with Brian Barnhart and his guests right here. This is Steve Kelly for the gang. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, everybody.